Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life, you've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game, and you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, And yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work, and you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me, and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us, my friend and you guys will love her. She's an amazing heart-centered business owner and she has so much good knowledge to share with you just about her own relationship journey. And I'm just really excited to have this conversation. We have Jasmine Jante. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes. One thing I'll tell the audience when I first met Jasmine, I knew that she loved dogs and she loved Tony Robbins. So I was like, okay, we're going to be friends. And it was, I was so right. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I don't even remember where we met or when we met, but I just remember thinking like, oh, she's legit, you know, cause you meet people at different business events and everybody's in a different place on their journey. And yeah, when we met, it was like, oh, okay. This is a running partner here. Like yes. we can, we can take things on together, even though our businesses are different. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to have you tell the audience just a little bit about you, where, where you live and all the fun details. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona. It's currently 118 degrees here. (laughs) Yes. Um, So heat of the summer. And I have a done for you course creation agency called creation with an eight C R E eight T I O N. Uh, and similar to ghostwriting books, we ghostwrite online programs for experts, authors, speakers, sold out service providers, anybody who needs to create online training, right. And help someone get a result without, uh, taking their time to get that client, their result. And I super love it. I super love it. Yeah. I needed you in 2019 when I was putting off building <laughs> yep. my program because that's yeah. that's such a barrier for people as they just don't know how to make the content. Mm-hmm. So I love that you just do that for people. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. We love providing the service. A lot of people are anti-service provider. And I know that because they come to me because they're tired of doing their one-on-ones or whatever it is that they're doing and they're ready to expand and grow and reach more people and have more impact. But I kind of did the opposite way. I first was doing that and running masterminds and big groups. And then I went into this whole one-on-one service world and I love it. So yeah, I love that you love it because it's rare. So we we (laughs) need people like you. Absolutely. Um, And Jasmine, tell us about your dog and maybe some exciting personal news. Well, I will definitely tell you about my dog. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I have a, I have a pit bull terrier. Her name is Juniper Olive. Um, and I adopted her when I was in my third year of teaching in Detroit, Michigan. So I taught in the lowest performing school in the country, which is where I, I learned to teach. Right. And so, uh, teaching adults, the things that we teach now is much simpler than, than, than what I was doing in Detroit in my eyes. Um, but I adopted Juniper there and she was like a miracle to me at the time I was burnt out. I needed help. I needed love. And she just filled all the gaps and she's going to be 12 next month. Mm, you and I have this in common because my golden doodles turning 11 mm-hmm. and I was in grad school, totally burnt out and in a, had so much instability or instability in my life. And it was like, my dog was my one mm-hmm. stable, loving thing in my life. Yeah. So I so relate to that. It was actually a therapist that told me to get her. I was going to therapy oh, yeah. and, she, and I just needed an excuse to leave the building before like, you know, 7 PM. And yeah. she, and I was toying with the idea of getting a dog and she's like, do it. Cause you'll have to get home and let the dog out. And it became like my, you know, June became my excuse for everything back when I was working in a toxic environment. I had to leave early because, you know, June's yes. got to go outside. So yeah. So therapists doing good things out there. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Sometimes if we can't set boundaries for ourselves, we'll do it for the things that we love, whether it's our dogs or our kids or other people. So that's, that's great. Um, and tell us about the love in your life, the love in my life. His name is Brad Hart. How good is that? His last name is Hart. <laughs> so it's like a Hallmark movie, honestly. It's so perfect. Yes. yes. And uh, we are engaged. We got engaged uh, about six, seven months ago. So that's really exciting. And our wedding hashtag is Brad Hart's Jasmine, H-A-R-T, of course. Um, and yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's uh, n- did not see this one coming at all. But when it happened, it was one of those moments like, oh, okay, here we are. This is it. Tick that box. You know, now let's figure out how to be the best lifelong partner, soon to be fiance, soon to be wife, soon to be mom, you know, not that I'm pregnant, but you know, in the future that I can be. So I love it. 
I love it. So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So there's so many things that we can talk about Jasmine. Obviously I could talk to you for hours, but um, I want to kind of just start us off with your own dating story and maybe a little bit about your, your dating history before you met Brad and maybe like some of the things that like changed for you in order to meet someone like him and build a relationship. Yeah. I think, you know, I look at my dating experiences like before Tony Robbins and after Tony Robbins, like really and truly it was like before Tony Robbins, I just kind of dated whoever was convenient. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I was just talking about this, like not having discernment, just, Mm -hmm. just dating what was convenient. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like, you know, like your first boyfriend or your first girlfriend, your first partner, they, it's just, you happen to be in proximity. You both go to the same school. Maybe you're in the same club or the same activity and there's a little bit of attraction and you go for it. Right. And you're a teenager. I don't feel like I like graduated out of that until Tony Robbins. Mm. Honestly, if I think about it and it doesn't mean that these guys were bad by any means, like they all treated me pretty well. Like I never, I can, I can say I was never in a toxic relationship and I I credit my parents because they have, gosh, like, I hope I have their marriage when I'm their age, you know, Mm, like it's just beautiful, 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 amazing relationship. Um, so I was never with anybody who was toxic, but it was was just not great. (laughs) It's just convenient, honestly. Yeah. And obviously I can relate to change my life by going to Tony Robbins and I have ideas about what it was that made the changes for you. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like from your perspective, like what was it that you did that made the changes? I remember writing down a list of what I want in a person, like, you know, that dream wish list. And then on the flip side, who do I have to become in order to be with that person? It's an exercise he has some in one of his digital programs. It wasn't even at the event, right? It was just a digital program. And I remember I was, I was on a trip in California. I was at some kind of mission. I want to say it was Santa Barbara maybe. And I was sitting under a tree and I'm doing this digital program and I just like write my list. And that became the focus and that became the vision board and who that, you know, who I needed to become became more of my focus. I didn't even really put myself out there in terms of dating apps and going on dates with a lot of guys. Looking back, I might've found Brad sooner had I done that, but I didn't. Um, I wasn't really in any rush and no kidding. I found that list after Brad and I got together like six months afterward. And he is every single thing on that list. Like the first Mm. thing at the very top is clean in all caps because I was with an ex who was just a hot mess all the time. It was so (laughs) annoying. And Brad is like way cleaner than me. (laughs) It's a constant joke. I love this. I was looking for someone like all caps clean and he is always (laughs) picking up after me, you know? Oh my gosh. All of a sudden, Jasmine, I'm like the time you and I've shared a a motel room. I'm like, oh my gosh, was I clean enough for Jasmine? No, you're totally fine. I am actually, I, I learned that, um, you know, I, I thought that I had high standards. I don't, he has high standards when it comes to cleanliness. Uh, gotcha. So clean. And then what, what else was on that list? Um, healthy, kind, silly. And I think a lot of these things, I wrote them down because it was missing in other relationships, right? Mm. It's like that idea of like, you know what you don't want before you know what you do want. 
Yeah. So a lot of what I wrote down was the opposite because I was with someone who was, you know, like I said, he was messy. And so I wanted someone clean. I was with someone who was really laid back and chill. I wanted someone ambitious. And then I'd been with people before who were too um, serious for me. And so I wrote down silly and playful. And it, it was interesting because if I look at, you know, all, all the relationships before him, there was something on the list that even if they met some of the criteria, which happened after Tony, right? As I made this list, went to Tony Robbins, and then people on the list were meeting more and more of the criteria, but they did, just didn't get all the way there. And then with Brad, he went all the way there. Mm, that's so beautiful. What what I love about this is the part about you saying, who do I have to become mm-hmm. in order to attract this partner? And you know, that's so much of what my work is focused on. And that's, that's what we have control over, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I did so much work on masculine feminine because I'm a business owner. And so, so much of my business is operated from this this masculine place, which isn't bad. It really serves me in business a lot. But then it kind of, if I look at my relationships that that didn't work out, it was because I took that and I took that into the relationship. Whereas here, it's a little uh, more balanced, I guess. I'm not not perfect by any stretch, but. And as you're saying that, I think one of the things I see a lot is we operate with our masculine in relationships out of fear and its desire to control. And, and a lot of times that can just be connected to maybe it's past experiences or, you know, not really knowing your full worth and not being totally clear on what you want. So there's fear. So it's amazing. The shift to the feminine also involves creating safety with intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I had to do that with myself first, which is why I had a huge lull in dating. I mean, there's probably like, I don't know, three years there where I didn't really date anybody. I just worked on me. And it, if someone happened to come along and ask me out, I'd go out and if it worked out, okay. And if it didn't, it didn't. But I really just put my intention into myself, my health, my business and was said, okay, this is my season for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take this season for me so that when he shows up, I'm ready. And when I'm, or if I'm ready, if I enter a season of wanting to pursue something more intentionally, then I can do that. But at the time, I just felt I didn't have enough like bandwidth, like capacity. <laughs> so like, sure. focus on me and do me and also like be ready. Does that make yeah. sense? Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I, I do see that a lot. I, I'll talk about it as your cocoon era. Mm. You're in your cocoon, your relationship cocoon. <laughs> um, and, you know, one of the words I'm taking out of what what you shared is standards, which is such a Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. thing of, you know, raise your standards. And do you feel like that was part of it too, is kind of giving yourself that permission to have those standards? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like a black and white one day I didn't feel worthy. And the next day I felt worthy. Right. Because if I hear that question, I think like, oh, what was the light switch? And honestly, I don't think it was. I think it was more of just like a continual evolution. Because once I entered the dating world again, I mean, there was a couple situations where I was not living into that vision of who I needed to be. And so I stumbled for a while before then it kind of got better from there. And my next couple of relationships were better and better and then, you know, culminated with Brad. So 
so yeah, it was, I think it was a gradual permission giving rather than just like a stark, you know, on Wednesday, I didn't feel like I, you know, gave myself permission on Thursday. I did. It was very much like, and even today, which is, is really weird is like, I've still am giving my pers- perm- myself permission to raise the standards and still evolving to become better. And both Brad and I then rise to them. That's beautiful. Yeah. It really speaks to the power of identity development. And I think you and I have done personal development long enough to know that that's a never ending process. And as your actions and behaviors match up in alignment with your inner self and your standards, then that identity gets like more and more confirmed over Mm -hmm. time. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's that identity piece. Even just like having words, like, you know, now I'm playing with the word wife. Yes. Like, what the heck does that even mean? To what be, does that, what does like, that mean to you? Like, what is my identity as a <laughs> wife, you know? And I'm still figuring it out. Like, but, but then it'll be mom and then it'll be, you know, mom of teenagers and then it'll be grandma. And then, you know, like all these different identities we have over life. But the one I'm playing with right now is, is wife. I just bought myself a sweatshirt that said like future Mrs. Hart wife or something. I'm like, okay, Beautiful. what's that going to feel like to like wear it, you know, I hope, <laughs> Yeah. I hope the audience takes this in this point about, it's like, you never stop with identity because you are always growing, always evolving. And to take this next step in your life and your relationship with Brad and ask yourself that really powerful question of who is Jasmine as an incredible wife, right? Like mm-hmm. not just like, okay, I'm a wife, but like, who am I as my highest and best self as a wife? I think that's like a very powerful question. Yeah. I'll get back to you on my response. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're you're gonna do incredible. It's amazing. Um what what do you think someone who is listening to this and maybe they're going on dates and they're not having great experiences and they're kind of kind of like what, what you said, it's like out of convenience and they're like sick of the dating apps and just super, super frustrated. Like, what would you tell them to do first? Take a break. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the same, I would say on any area of life is if you're on that frustration wheel, then something needs to change. And honestly, we usually don't know what to change until we give ourselves some space, even in the gym, you know, like if you've ever just been doing the same kind of routine for a while and you just start to get frustrated and you start to hate going to the gym and you start to, you don't even want to buy new workout clothes anymore, you know, like whatever it is. And then you're think, okay, let me just take a break. Even just giving yourself the space to think, oh, maybe I want to try this other thing. And then the excitement comes back. So I love that. Just give yourself a break. Yeah, no, that's, that's such a good, that's a good place to start. And I think the next step then is to get clear on this identity Mm -hmm. piece and to really do some, you know, do, do the inner work, do the work on yourself, because obviously you are the foundation for whatever relationship you're going to attract. So you want to make sure that you're putting your, your best self forward and you're attracting that ideal partner. So Mm-hmm. Very good. You and I don't get to talk about these things. I love it. We're going into new territory. It's fun. Let's get yes. vulnerable. <laughs> yes, you're getting vulnerable. So good. Um, so Jasmine, you and your partner are both ambitious. And it's one of the things I love about you that you are one of the other 
driven female business owners that I know where it's like, yeah, you mean business. You're serious. Like, you know, you're, you're legit. I'm legit. You're, you're legit. Right. And like, I adore that about you and you have a partner that is the same way. So how do you navigate two highly ambitious people in one relationship? It's uh, not without its challenges. That's for sure. Uh, I will say though, I've been with people before who aren't ambitious. And for me, that was harder. So, you know, they say, choose your hard. And every time Brad and I have uh, a scuffle over competing ambitions or the fact that we're both pushing for something or the fact that he's going really hard on a launch right now and I'm not getting everything I might want out of the relationship because he doesn't have time and vice versa. I think, oh, well, this is still, this is way better (laughs) than what it could have been. So I feel like the, the point I'm trying to make there is when things get hard because there's two really ambitious people in the relationship, be grateful that there's two ambitious people in the relationship period. Um, that's, I mean, that's been my go-to to kind of reframe when things happen. Uh, and I also think that we're pretty good with boundaries in our business. And I mean, like our own boundaries in our business. So there are certain times that we're on. There are certain times that we're off. We communicate with each other if something's going on outside of those. Like Brad had a, a weekend meeting and he's like, hey, 12.30 on Saturday. You cool if I go to this meeting? Like, are, is that good? And I'm like, yeah, man, go do your thing. And I sat on the couch with Juniper for a little snuggle time, right? So it's just, I, I feel like that's another piece is if we didn't have that, it wouldn't work as well as it does. Yeah, the boundaries so that your time is your time together. Yes, yes. Um, but one other thing on my list was mastermind partner at the drop of a hat. Like I wanted a a, a partner in my life who I could, he's upstairs right now, he's above me. I can hear him walking around. I could just go upstairs and be like, yo, I'm having a problem. Like you got five minutes. And he could be like, yeah, what's up? And we could help each other solve problems. Lo and behold, Morgan, you know this, he teaches masterminds. So he's literally the mastermind guy. I did not mean to manifest the mastermind guy, but mastermind at the drop of a hat, like check, check, you know, in that box. (laughs) So I love it. You know, like there's pros to it as well, right? Is like, it's it's great for when you have challenges in business to know that you know your relationship can also support you from in that from an, a really intelligent place and not just throwing suggestions against the wall. Yeah. And I think there's such a lesson here in compatibility. Like a person listening to this, they might not be a business owner, but let's say they love to travel, right? Yeah. And it's going to make their life so much easier if they're with someone who shares that love and someone who they can plan that trip to Rome with and, and not stress about it. Cause I think what you and I would agree is like, of course it's possible to be with someone where you don't share the same, you know, loves or the same like passions in life, but it just makes it, it makes it a lot easier is what it sounds like for you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's other things, like you said, that we don't really have in common. I love to go to like music and shows and he, he likes to only go to shows where he knows all the words to the music. And so, you know, that would be very few shows for me. (laughs) Well, and of course he likes stuff like, you know, I don't know, nine inch nails and like hard rock stuff that I don't like, but 
it's fine, you know, because I'll either just go by myself or go with a girlfriend. Like I can meet, I don't need him yeah. to be with me to meet that need. Whereas yep. the business thing is much more higher on that priority list of things that we could be compatible on. Like that was very high. I love that you're talking about this because I always say you have to remember your partner cannot be everything to you. And you have to pick what's the important thing or the few things that we really need to have in common. So you knew yourself well enough to know that it needed to be business for you. Mm -hmm. And Tony Robbins and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Those are all great things. Um, What about in terms of any tips or tricks or, you know, I, I think you and I both are big into like having routines, things that we do, anything that you two do as a couple that's really supportive to your partnership? This is a bit, uh, I don't know if this will apply to everybody on, on who's listening, but, um, because we're in business and because we both work from home, we're kind of each other's office partners too, right? It's like, we're each other's partners, but we're also the only other person in the office with each other. Uh, and so anytime he has a big win during the day, or I have a big win, or sometimes it's a small win during the day, we'll run up or down the stairs and like have a little dance party. Now it can't happen every time. Cause obviously if he came downstairs right now, as I'm recording this with you, he would peek open the door and he would see <laughs> that I'm busy and he would close the door real quietly and he would save it for later. Right. But, um, but it, there's, you know, probably a couple times a week where it works out yeah. and he does something awesome or I do something awesome and we come and we celebrate each other. So it's a, it's a very small ritual, but it makes a big impact. Well, what I love about this is that anyone can do this because the takeaway is making that time to celebrate each other Mm -hmm. and focusing on making sure that each other feels seen for the, for the wins, the big wins, the small wins. I think that's, that's so important in creating, I call it relationship culture. Mm -hmm. Every, every relationship has a culture, right? And Mm -hmm. you have a culture of celebrating wins. Yeah, we do. He even has a gong. The legitimate <laughs> gong that he likes to ring sometimes. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. That's so, so good. So, so good. Um, well, is there anything else, I guess, just because obviously, you know, a lot of people listening to this, they're going to hear about your relationship and you're engaged and they're going to think, okay, she's got a lot of things figured out, which is true. Is, is there anything else that you would want to say to someone who's looking for their person and maybe like feeling a little bit hopeless? Uh, It's kind of along the lines of let's get vulnerable because at the very beginning of Brad and I's relationship, we we both come from the Tony Robbins world, right? So we had that shared language. We had those shared experiences, even though we didn't go to events together, we had been in some of the same rooms. We had seen the same content. So that gave us a foundation. Um, And when we actually started dating and then kind of became boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, we literally swapped vision boards. Like this was very, very, very early on. And he was like, here's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, here's what I'm looking for. And it's scary to not to to be that early on and not know if you're going to check off someone's list and vice versa, because then you're thinking, oh, it's over before it even began. But that is the thing that we 
credit a lot of our success to is we knew from the beginning that this could work. And so then we doubled down on the effort that it took to make it work when it wasn't working. Um, mm, so we, we joke that we arranged our own marriage. Like we joke about that because before we were even attracted to each other, we knew on a foundational level, we wanted the same things and we kind of fit each other's needs. I love so much about this. There's a, a a lot of a willingness to be vulnerable in that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you have to be brave to share. And then it's this idea of, hey, this is the vision I have for my life and I want you to see it. And then you saw the vision for his life. And I think to know that even though they're not identical, that there's enough in common that we could potentially create a beautiful shared vision, right? Like that that is such a... I would say can help you create secure attachment, which is what you're talking about. Like knowing that on a foundational level, we can work and that we do want some of the same things that, that, that does allow you to really invest more mm-hmm. in a relationship. So that's great. Yeah. One more thing I'll share if I can, please. Yeah. Is that, um, when I met Brad, I was 29 and you know, now I'm 32. We'll get married when I'm 33. I probably won't have kids until I'm 35 And, uh, you know, everybody comes into this at different ages and whatnot, but I remember by the time Brad and I had gotten together, all the people in my life were coupled off. Like I was kind of the last one. My younger brother had been married for like three years by the time I met Brad, my best friend had been married for a year by the time I met Brad and along, I thought I was trying to catch up when actually it's like worked out in the best way for me because we're both, you know, he was 35, I was 29. So there's a bit of an age gap, but we both knew ourselves so well, and we were so independent that we're generally pretty reliant on ourselves. And so having this other person feels like overflow (laughs) and not like, like, you know, I need someone to help me take care of myself. It's like, no, like I am a grown ass woman and I know how to take care of me and I've been doing it for a while. And you, my friend are like a blessing of overflow. So if you're in that boat where you're like, oh my gosh, I got to catch up, like, it's going to actually work out great for you. Yeah, that's so great. It makes me think about the term interdependence, mm-hmm. right? Where you know you can rely on you. And then of course, having a partner, you can rely on someone else and creating secure attachment, creating a great relationship is so much easier when you have that relationship with you and you know that you can rely on you. And I always say, yeah, you're not trying to fill a void, but a great partner is a multiplier to what you yeah. have already created in your life. And, and what a good reminder about, forget the timelines. Like mm-hmm. we all want to compare ourselves. I mean, I did the same thing growing up in Montana. I was supposed to be married by 25 and have kids, right? Like yeah. that was, that was the expectation, but that would have been a terrible life for me, which we yeah. you and I, the person I would have chose at 25. Oh, and look at you now. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Queen. (laughs) (laughs) So, so important to just honor your own timeline and realize you becoming the version of you who brings in the kind of relationship you want. That's, that's going to happen on its own timeline. And and that's the way it's meant to happen. hundred percent. Yes. I love it. Um, can't wait for you to be a mom too. I know you and I have that in common of like just the excitement of that chapter. It's, it's terrifying, but exciting. Oh my God. T- totally terrifying. <laughs> it is. 
I, I had my niece and nephew for a week by myself. They're four and six. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I was like having to clean up after them. And they, they both like had a, an accident at the yes. same time. So I was like, run, they're running around the house, half dressed and poops yes. probably everywhere. And I was like, okay, this is a crash course. <laughs> See, I taught kindergarten, first grade. So I feel like when they're in that like elementary school age range, like I'm going to crush it. But like anything from newborn to age four, I'm totally terrified. I I have no idea. And, you know, my goddaughter, she's five, six months right now. And so I kind of am getting a little bit of a preview. Um, And so like, you know, God bless Ellen, my best friend. If she can do it and she paves the way for me, I can do it. But it's still just... Ooh, because you get to hand them back at the end of the week, right? It's like, okay, sis, yes. take the kids back. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, and the good thing is you have lots of people in your life who you can go to and you have this partnership yep. that that you've built. And I think being intentional and making sure that you are building a life with someone where you have those shared things that you want. And obviously family, that was one of the top ones on my list, I'm sure for you too. And like, knowing that you have someone that also wants that in their life, that makes it just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for, for sharing this with us. I know one fun topic that I've never talked about before on the podcast that you and I just talked about right before we are going to go there today. We're going to talk about prenups. We are. Yeah. This is breaking. No one has got me to talk about this yet. Dr. Morgan. So I love it. I love it. Yes. So yeah, let's, let's talk about, I think more and more successful women, career women, we're going into marriage and we're wanting a prenup. So Mm -hmm. just, just tell me about your experience with that. Well, like I mentioned, when we got together, I was 29, Brad was 35. So he's much older than me. Um, He has worked really hard and done really well in his space. And when we swapped those vision boards and we said, okay, could this actually be a thing? And we're in the process of arranging our own marriage. One of the, and I said, I want to be married. And then I want to have children. Like the order was really important to me. And I know for some people it's not as important. I totally respect that. But for me, it was very important. And he said, okay, but we, I would need a prenup. So he was, he's been super clear since day one that this is something that he needed. And at the time I was like, well, I'd have to figure out all that entails, entails, but I think I generally get it. And like, okay, right. Like, okay, all right. I can do that because remember I'm 29. I can take care of myself. I'm independent, you know, like all of that. And, um, it's been a journey. It's been a journey because then you actually start to do life together and we bought a house together and, you know, some like finances start to be commingled and then it becomes, then it's like, okay, we're engaged. Now I actually have to call a prenup lawyer and figure out what this is actually all about, you know, because you have an idea of something in your head, but you don't actually know the granular details. And at the end of the day, a prenup is a contract. So it is black and white details in the event of divorce, Mm. this is how this is going to go down. Now, one thing I didn't know is that child's custody and like, uh, what's it called? Child support. You cannot put that in a prenuptial agreement. So that was a new learning for me. And that kind of made me feel a little bit better because who knows what's going to happen with the kids, right? It's like this whole big question mark. So I felt like, you know, confirmed in that way. And then with everything else, there's just a series of questions that you have to answer with 
how how much do you want to be separate versus what do you want to make, you know, community property? And I should mention that every state does this differently. So even like, you know, we live in Arizona, we get a prenup here. If we move to Florida, we it might like it's governed by Arizona law. And so it's like this whole thing, right? Um, but yeah, you know, what I've kind of come around to is like, this is something that he really needs to feel safe and secure in the relationship. It's something that I can definitely provide, you know, that we can come to these decisions together. And honestly, like it's made us have conversations that I'm so glad we're having before we get married. Because I feel like a lot of people, they just go right into marriage, like thinking I'm going to do it how my parents did it. But what if your two sets of parents did it completely differently? So true. Yeah. And I love that you talked about this is what he needed to feel safe because that's how I look at this of what's required to create secure attachment. And what we find is that when there's a lot of clarity and boundaries and, you know, just open communication, that actually creates more reassurance. So in a way, it's like this total transparency, right? Everything's out in the open. And the, and the research would point to that actually can support you in having a better marriage and hopefully even preventing a separation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just think, I know this is a really touchy topic for people, but it's important to look at what's right for you and your partner. And at the end of the day, what is going to help you feel most secure in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Yep. And for me, like for me personally, entering the relationship, I was like, I don't feel like I need a prenup to feel safe or secure. But again, it was something that he really needed. And then I started asking more questions. I, I talked to our mentor about it. And she, you know, being a, a woman that's what, she's probably 10 years older than us. 10, yes. 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she has a lot more business experience than me. Like she's seen more than I have. She's been through marriage and divorce and, you know, remarriage and all the things. And from her viewpoint, she is super pro prenup. And it almost like gave me permission mm-hmm. to not just do it for him, but like, maybe I should do this for me too. Like maybe this is the best decision for me. And I just hadn't thought about it from that way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And gosh, money is so vulnerable to be able to talk mm-hmm. about money and assets and, and, and debt. <laughs> debt and oh man. And I do think what a great way to create that relationship culture of just honesty, transparency. This is what's mine. This is what's yours. And I think, you know, couples and finances, obviously that's one of the things that leads to divorce a lot of times. And if you can start your marriage off where both of you know exactly where you're at, that can be so helpful. Um, And I think there's a lot of research that says, you you still want to be able to operate as two individuals financially mm-hmm. and have shared finances that it's great to do both and to be open about, hey, mm-hmm. this is shared and this is separate. Yep. And it goes back to attachment theory and interdependence, mm-hmm. this idea of two individuals who come together and co-create something, but you don't lose yourself as an individual. Yep. His, hers, and ours. Yes. And honestly, the hours account you know, the O-U-R-S account really did like change some things for our relationship because then it was like every time we were going out for coffee or dinner, it wasn't like who's ba- who's buying. It was just like, we're paying, <laughs> you know? I love that. So yeah, his, hers and ours for sure. 
I love that. Thank you for being so open about this. I think more people need to hear women, especially talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Just like when you go into business events, Brad and I will go together and people will assume I work inside of his business. It's the same same thing with lawyers, you know, like you talk to the lawyers and they assume I'm going to want to get what I can from his better performing business. (sighs) And it's just, it's, it's fascinating, you know, like I understand why they would think that because statistically there's evidence, but it's also like there that's just you know a percentage this is of the whole 2023 come yeah, on like let's go now so yeah. yeah i think it's a bit of a but we'll get there just keep on keeping <laughs> on ladies yes, yes. <laughs> i mean there are so many i i have the privilege of working with so many successful women and what one of the things is they've they've felt really safe putting time to their careers and they build up these big, beautiful careers and the the relationship feels like the more vulnerable thing. Um, and they're, they're more scared of the relationship. And I think a prenup is just one of those things that can help you create more safety because there's this huge lie in society, which I know you and I have felt, which is that you can't have a great relationship and a great career that if you're the woman, you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to step into that you know, girlfriend, wife role in order to have the great relationship. But, you know, you and I are both examples of, Hey, you can have it all. You can have an amazing career. You can have a great relationship. You can have a partner that cheers you on in your career and celebrates your success. And if there are men who are intimidated by you, then that's probably not your person. It's just not. That's one thing I'll say about Brad is he he like loves it when I make more money than him some months. You know what I mean? Like he is all for it. Like we'll share revenue numbers with each other. And every time I have a big old month, he's like, that's right. Be my sugar mama. Like it's a joke, you know? So I, you know, I think you're right. Like the right, the right men are going to cheer you on and celebrate you and, and be excited for you and not threatened by the fact that you, you know, you're having success. Amen. They're going to grow with you. Absolutely. Um, this has been so good. I know we could just talk forever. Indeed. I want to tell people about what you do um, again and just kind of give them the invitation if maybe they've been thinking about building an online course and how how can they get in touch with you. Tell us just a little bit more about you and your your business. Yeah. Well, I, w- I mean, I'd love to connect with anybody here in the audience who either doesn't have an online training, an online program and would like to create one. Or if you have one and it's time for an update on that program, you got to revamp it a little bit. That's exactly what we do. So we're completely done for you. And what I mean by that is if you think about any kind of online training, online course, we write the video scripts, we build the slide decks, we do the workbooks, the templates, the toolkits, we build your portal, we'll do videography. Like the sky is the limit. Anything product that you need, we will do it. My whole goal is like, you just get to show up and shine. You know, we just interview you, we talk to you and poof, we spit out your amazing program that gets people results. So if that's you and and you want to talk forward, definitely talk further, definitely connect with me. But anybody out there who's, who's creating any kind of paid content, I have something called um, how to make your course as binge worthy as Netflix. And it, it's got 10 tips on there and you can get that at creation.co slash Morgan. 
Awesome. And we'll put that link in the show notes for you. And Jasmine really is amazing at what she does. And she really cares about all of her clients the same way I care about my clients. So I know with 100% confidence that if this is something you're looking for, she would be an amazing option for you. Um, And yeah, I think you getting to help more people step into the identity that they have for their business or create, create the course. That's, that's such a gift because a lot of people just have so many blocks and they would never do it. Right. Cause it's too hard. There's too many things to do. So you just take all that away for, for them and support them in, in doing their thing. So I love it. I love what you do so much. Well, thank you. Back at you, sister. I wish I knew you like in 2017 when I was in the thick of it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, well, this has been so fun, Jasmine. I just have loved having you on. I just always ask my guests one last question. And that is, if you were walking down the street, random person comes up to you and they're asking for your best life advice of the moment, doesn't have to be like all time best life advice, but what what would you say to them today if someone asked you that? I would say be kind always because you never know what someone's going through. And um, I mean, that's the short and sweet of it. But time and time again, I find that the more you give people the benefit of the doubt and uh, trust that they're giving it their best, the more the good karma comes back around. So true. I love this. And how true is that in our relationships with our partners? Assume, assume they're doing their best. That really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Every time. <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you for being a guest and congrats on the engagement. I know I'm just so happy for you. I'm honored to be your friend and um, who knows, maybe we'll have you back at some point, but thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Yes. All right. And everyone, of course, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.